Hello and welcome to Writing Perspectives, a podcast about writing and writers. My name's Steve Borley and I'm a writer. Writing Perspectives is here to help you find out what it takes to be a successful writer and what the life of a writer is all about. I have the very great pleasure of introducing you to people who talk about their creative approach and what they do to establish themselves as writers, whatever that means to them. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking to Zoo Dominiak. Zoo studied illustration at Edinburgh College of Art, Scotland, graduating in 2011. And she's currently just about coming to the end of her master's design course in comics and graphic novels at the University of Dundee, also in Scotland. Zoo is the co-creator of the weekly webcomic Monty and Zuzu's uh, WTF. I have a clean rating on iTunes, so I'm sure you know what that stands for. Um, and she's a member of the Edinburgh League of Comics, described as the hive mind of Edinburgh and Scotland's comics talent. Zoo is a talented artist and illustrator. Her illustration is, in turn, beautiful, playful and intricate. And her comic strips and illustrated stories are thought-provoking um, with some dark undertones. They're very, very interesting and, and well worth a look. Zoo is then both an artist and a storyteller, someone with a different perspective on the creative process. So, a very warm welcome to Writing Perspective, Zoo. Thank you. Hello. It's, it's very kind of you to join me today. I, I really appreciate you giving up your time to talk to us. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in, in your, your, um, your approach to the creative process and, and how, you, how you, you think about that. So speaking really as someone myself without any illustrative or drawing talent whatsoever, I'm really fascinated by the process, the creative process. A comicsator, I think that's a, that's a good term, um, follows when, when starting a comic. So if this isn't too basic a question to start with, is your work when you, when you start graphic and image led or is it story and ideas led? Um, it's kind of like hard to say like it's not one way or the other it's a sort of like a mixture of both um, essentially like depending on what I'm working on at the time um, it, it's sort of sometimes it just comes from like a single idea or I have like an idea for like an ending or a good story and then it's a matter of like dressing that into sort of visual format if that makes sense um, and but like Recently, I've been kind of straying more towards um, sort of planning things visually first and either then adding text or not adding text at all and just having it all um, sort of like a silent comic. So there's like storytelling, but without any text in it, essentially. But um, it, it really is a mixture. Like I used to, when I first sort of started doing it a bit more, I would sort of just write like a dialogue kind of like, Style, um, or like screenwriting style, and then now it's more kind of, yeah, it's very fluid just now. So, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I, what's really interesting about that, I guess, is that is that you can get the inspiration from both directions. You can yeah. you can think of something narrative which you want to say, or you can see an image, you know, wherever that might be, or whatever prompts your 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 visual imagination, and, and that gives you yeah. a start point as well. That must be quite quite nice to kind of have those two um two different start points for for your work yeah it's kind of nice to like alternate the ways that i work in because it kind of gets like a bit boring when you just do the same thing over yeah. and over again as well mm-hmm. when when you look back at your work can you see a difference between the ones that are um perhaps image led and the ones which are narrative led um i mean there's there is definitely like a difference, I guess. But I think even the ones that are that I do that are image led, there is always like a very strong narrative going on as well, even though it's not like 
communicated verbally um there's definitely like a sequence with like a sort of like there is like a intended story in there um but it is um i don't know it's kind of like a different type of reading when you just look at images versus when there's like text that kind of supports it as well mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and how about the the opposite way around when you've you've had a you know you know you've had words but uh, or you've had a start with an image and you and you couldn't have you had the experience where you couldn't find an image to match the words or words to match the image and, and if you did what did you do um i'm trying to think um like that kind of thing only really happened when i was like collaborating with people um and normally in that situation i would like refer back to them and discuss that particular instance um, and there was like one sort of short project I did where I kind of like drafted the story uh, and drew the story out, but then I had someone else add the dialogue in. So that is like the kind of like old school Marvel style of producing comics where essentially the, yeah, like the artist gets like a rough script, draws the thing, and then someone else comes in and just like adds the text in. Yeah, I find that really interesting. That that whole kind of collaborative approach to creating something. Um, yeah. I'd really like like to ask you a bit a bit more about that. Um, you know, what does that you know what does that do to the creative process when when you work with somebody who you know is, is either providing words later to your images or gives you words and you and you need to illustrate them. Um, I think it's it's very. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like liberating in one way because this is a part of the workload that you don't have to think about <laughs> and you're just sort of like accommodating what you're kind of given but it's it's sort of like interesting because working with different people kind of always results in a slightly different product as well because um for example with the Monty and Zuzu strips um because Monty Nero is a primarily a writer um I think everyone always assumes that he writes the things and I draw them but it's actually a lot more fluid process and like a lot of the scripts would be are like either like my idea or something silly we did together and then that kind of like turns into a comic strip um and so it's it's quite a fluid process um but i think it's kind of like some of my favorite work that i've done was collaboration with other people and i think it lets me do things that i don't think i would be able to do on my own if that makes sense yeah no i think it does i mean i i um I, as it turns out i write plays i didn't know mm. that when i started <laughs> started writing it it's turned into into plays and and i think that's one of the things that excites me about about playwriting is the fact that it doesn't mm. it doesn't exist really well it exists on the page but it doesn't exist in an, in in a, in a performed sense without other people being involved and without it being at least in part collaborative and and um and it sounds like a similar thing for for your work with you know when you work with other people too yeah and i think like i don't know like the the sort of like simplest example of it is when i did a comic with one of my friends uh bobo who is also an artist as well as a sort of writer um and they were sort of in charge of sort of laying the of basic pages out uh, and essentially um like I'm, I'm really kind of like fixated on doing um my comics on like a very um regular grid 
um, and they did like a sort of a lot more like angular shapes and just completely different compositions than what I would normally do myself, um, which kind of like really got me out of like my comfort zone. And I think that's like one of the better sort of short comics I did uh, was that one because it's just like visually it's a lot different to what I normally do myself, if that makes sense. So oh yeah, it really does, and and I, I guess that then affects your, your later work, the work that yeah, follows exactly. afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Because I was sort of like, oh, I'd never like really do this myself, otherwise. But because I've done it with them, it was sort of, I don't know. It was it was really exciting to see something. It's like oh, I'd never do this otherwise myself. It was just like I don't know. It was good. It's 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 always a really good experience, and you always learn something as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I think, I think collaboration can be very, very freeing. But I, I suppose there's always also what makes it quite exciting, I guess, is the risk yeah. that you, you um, is that you is that you, you and your collaboration partner disagree or, yeah. or um, you know, or, or, you know, somebody you, you have an idea and it goes in a direction that, that, that your collaborator doesn't doesn't like. Have you, have you had that experience? And, oh, and I how think did you... like we, we argue with Monty regularly about this and disagree <laughs> all the time, but. I think it's really important to collaborate with people that you like really like as well. Yeah. Um, so that um, even if, or like you know, even if you disagree on things, you can come to a conclusion and like um, come to an agreement. Um, but yeah, like I think we've had a number of <laughs> discussions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose what what under underpins a good um, collaborative process is, is a mutual respect for each other's work yeah, in absolutely. the first place then and I think like I think it also kind of like you have to you, like you can't be really precious about what you're doing and you can't be too attached to your own ideas because sometimes they're not the best idea first of all um, for that like specific project and I think that's like a really important thing as well it's like then you later go on to like working freelance I mean, you work with like editors and stuff, so sometimes, you know, it it's like allows you to kind of let go of things, like they're not a part of you. They're just like this product, like this thing you're making. But if you're making it with someone else, it's not like all entirely yours as well. So I think that's kind of an important part of it as well. Like lets you just let go of things. Yeah, it gives you a, easy. Mm-hmm. a bit more humility about your own ideas, perhaps. When you well, work in yeah, collaboration, well, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think like for if you do plays as well, like that must be there's a lot more people involved in that. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely, and and um, yeah. So the it's very tempting to write monologues. Yeah. So so um, think, thinking about that, I mean, we touched on some aspects of it, but from from the perspective of, of thinking about. A writer who was going to work with an with an illustrator or mm-hmm. or, or, or somebody who was going to produce the visual imagery to go with the story. What would you say the writer needed to do, or what would you say they needed to give to the illustrator in order for that to be good collaborative work? Um, I think first and foremost, good communication, um, but then also be willing to listen to what the illustrator has to say, um, and like taking their opinions into account because especially if it's like a sort of comic or graphic novel type work, um, it is very possible that the artist will have a better idea of what things work on a page. 
So um, I think there are like there are some writers out there who have like very very detailed scripts that um, don't really give much freedom to the artist. But I think a more successful work is the one where artists get like to do what they kind of want a bit as well. Um, so. But again, like you have to be able to like talk about it, and then if like if you disagree with something, then have good reasons to say why you don't want it that way, because maybe like your way will be the better way. But I think it's like yeah, like it's really important to be open for discussion, um, and then also like allowing the illustrator to come back to you and say, oh, like I don't really get this. Can you give me more information? Because like that was like a situation that happened to me before where I got this like amazing script that was it was like a lot of it was quite like free for me to interpret in the way I wanted to. But it was an academic text and there was one part with very, very heavy, very abstract academic theory that I was not really familiar with. Uh and I was sort of like I honestly have no idea what to do with this and I spent like an hour trying to just figure out that one page and then I was like nope nope and and then like I went back to Laura and was like oh what's what what would you suggest because I've got no idea what's going on here um and then I got like really good response from her and sort of it was fixed very quickly but like there has to be like a dialogue essentially yeah i think what's what's coming through though Zoo, is mm. it needs to be a collaborative process and i know well, exactly, that looks yes. obvious <laughs> yeah. um but but i mean it's but it's not a um a, a, you know a sub a subcontracting or it's not a uh you know you're, you that you're not the client um and and they're not not the service provider when you work with an illustrator it has to be collaborative yeah uh, in order for you to to really yeah. get the artist to provide um their you know genuine good work to yeah. support your words does that is that yeah. is that would you say that that's that's accurate yeah but i think in 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 some ways the like it depends on the like specific setup but sometimes the the sort of writer like it would be like more like the publisher would be like the the boss i guess yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but if you're like sort of self-publishing something then yeah like you you really need to collaborate but um also an important thing is to try and find someone that creates work that is similar to what you want because um like there's i think this is the sort of thing that i've seen happen before where people would like approach someone who does like a sort of cartoony style and they wanted them to do this project i'm not going to name any names here but, um, (laughs) but they wanted them to do like a specific project that was meant to be like manga style but this mm-hmm. artist didn't do manga at all. Um, and yeah. I think they agreed to it, but it's like the the worst manga I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't look right. So like, if you want to do like a manga, find someone who does those of manga, essentially. Which it sounds obvious, but I have yeah. seen mm-hmm. terrible things. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, quite. And I, I'm sure that that's, um, yeah, I suppose that also shows a respect for the artist's work as well. You need, you yeah. need, to, you need to, to understand the artist's, worldview and 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 um sense of style and and, and color and 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 design and all that in order yeah. to know that that you know you can't ask somebody to do something that's that's not not their work to do now that, that's that's really interesting that's really really 
useful to hear that from from your perspective and and i think as a writer that that's really really good good stuff to take away um so one thing i'm also keen to talk to you about if uh, if i can is you know i'm always really keen to talk to to all, all writers about their planning process sure so i'm i'm really interested in the planning process that you would go through when you're creating um you know a, a comic or um you know sure. can you can you tell us about that of course i would love to um so essentially my planning process usually looks like i'll have like um ideas and some doodles in my sketchbook somewhere um and then i think like okay i need to like sort this out and like plan it properly before i start like writing it out or whatever um and i normally do like a very simple bullet point list which really vaguely outlines what happens on each page um sorry let me see if i can find one i don't know if this will be interesting example anyway um but essentially yeah essentially i have like a bullet point list with like main events that happen um and then that usually tends to translate as page per bullet point um and then depending if i'm if it's going to be like a um, comic with text in it uh, i will then break it down into more detail like dialogue but um i don't tend to write too much descriptions of what's happening unless like i kind of have to because sometimes i leave them lying around for ages and then come back to them and i have no <laughs> idea what's going on because um i don't know i'm sure everyone's done that <laughs> yeah i do it a lot um so um yeah so usually they're really vague those bullet point lists and don't really make much sense to me even like three weeks later because i'm looking at one now and i'm like mm, no i don't know what's going on here um um and then yeah so then i will either write yeah i will either write a dialogue and sort of break it into pages more so um or i will just do go straight into doing like thumbnails which is like essentially like little um sort of storyboards type things yep. that's mm-hmm. what they're also called and then from thumbnails it goes up to sketching out page and then inking it and then possibly coloring it if that's the intent i mean that's really interesting i mean i i think it's that um that thumbnail stage i guess is is probably the crucial one um, yeah like i guess that would be different from other types of writing yeah yeah although i mean you know in in, in all in i guess all writing it's it's a drafting process you mm-hmm. know um and and it's uh, you know like I, I think i read a quote earlier today somewhere mm-hmm. on, on on online somebody shared but it's something like anyone can write but only writers can edit um and yeah. uh, and i'm not sure if i agree with that but i, I kind of get the sentiment behind it and i, and I guess it's it, for, for for you the crucial stage is is i guess the first draft in a way is the thumbnail um mm-hmm. and that lets you see if the if visually you like it as well as if it if it if it serves the story and and works yeah. with the words and 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 um and it and there's a, a and it's pleasing in, in a visual sense as well i mean because yeah. that's another aspect of of, uh, of the creative process i'm, I'm really interested in yeah. you know when, when i write a line or, or a paragraph or a scene or even a whole thing um and i'm faced with that you know classic kill your darlings challenge mm. where there's something and you just know it's got to go because it, it doesn't work for that piece or whatever is that really magnified when when you're a comic sator when you when you when you're doing illustration as well as um as well as words and and that your you know your darlings also includes artwork well 
I'm very ruthless <laughs> <laughs> with this sort of stuff. Um, I did it if I work on my own. Um, I generally I'm I'm quite ruthless. Usually at the thumbnailing stage, I will just like get rid of stuff that I just don't think doesn't work. I just don't think works. Um, for like the particular story or if it's like a page that is like oh actually I don't need this page at all it doesn't focus anything it's just this like I don't know almost like a decorative element um, and then usually I don't really do much with the like finished artwork because that's like already past the culling so to speak um, however since I've been collaborating with people, <laughs> this has unfortunately changed. And um, there's been a few times when I had to like um, edit things that have already that have already been drawn, but um, it would never be case of like getting rid of things. It would be more a case of like changing things slightly and just um, like there's um, yeah there's been like quite a few Monty and Zuzu strips where. It would be like finished, and then I had to like go back and and like change the character's hair or something because it just didn't really match the story or mm -hmm. the, like placement of things. But um, and I find that really annoying because in my head it was already finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, but it's like yeah, it's kind of um, it does it does happen, and I think it's like sometimes it's just those small changes that can make something a lot better. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, I, mean, I, I guess for for all of us that, that write and create like that, there is there's always that that bit. It's interesting to hear that you're you're very ruthless. I think I'm still needing to develop my my ruthlessness. I'm yeah. better than I used to be, but um, um, I guess at least uh, with words, maybe, maybe with images too, like, or if not the image itself, but certainly the idea or, mm. or, or something in it, it's never wasted. Um, it's never it's never it's never worthless. Yeah, um, it might not fit in that particular story yeah, or in that particular. But I think. You also need to bear in mind that, like, by getting rid of the pages and whatever else, I will not need to draw them, and therefore will save time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like I think writing the thing is like the bit that takes the least time because then you spend like hours hunched over a drawing board, yeah, drawing them. So yeah, <laughs> I'm quite I'm quite happy with the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're gonna call call before the call before the artwork. Oh, that's absolutely, always, absolutely. That's good. Brilliant. That's great. So uh, something something else I always like to talk to, to people about, um, you know, there's there's two sides to being a, a writer or, or you know, a, a comic creator or, or whatever, a writer and artist. First half is creating the work and, and um, doing, you know, that often solitary, but sometimes collaborative process of, of creating something. Mm -hmm. And the other half is finding an audience or a readership for what we do. What, what have you done to try and develop? A readership audience or whatever whatever term you prefer for your for your comics what, what have you done to to get people to see it and, and enjoy it yeah it's kind of that's the hard part <laughs> <laughs> um i think that's the bit that kind of doesn't really come to me as naturally as actually making stuff I, I think partially because i kind of like i mostly write stories and create things that i want to read i guess um and so I don't really have like a readership in mind as to who'd be like my target audience, which is really bad from a marketing <laughs> point of view, I think. Um, but I essentially, I think um, there's obviously like social media. So um, I'm sort of fairly present on social media, not so much recently because I've been busy with my masters. 
Um, but for example, Monty and Zuzu sort of run solely as a as like an Instagram slash Twitter topic. Um, so we promote that way. Um, and then I also go to comics conventions, which is, I guess, another good way to get your work out there. Um, yeah. So later this year, I am going to Shop Bubble in Leeds. And so, yeah, if anyone is there, I will be there <laughs> <laughs> uh, with my comics. Um, so I don't know, I quite like, I really like the... Um, I really like seeing people read my stuff um, and I really like showing it to like loads of like my friends and like the Edinburgh League of Commons is a really great sort of environment to show your work to other people even like for feedback and stuff so I don't know I think like I don't know I'm kind of like sort of a bit in the sort of like DIY sort of scene as well where we make zines rather than um, like publish things through publishers if that makes sense but um yeah i don't know it's like a mixture of things like it's like a word of mouth thing um and then i think like there's a shop in there's a shop in edinburgh that stocks some of my comics at the moment um temple tea bar has some some of my work um, and then I think being part of the masses force is really good for kind of promoting yourself as well because um, I got to go to a convention earlier this year with the with the university's course and sort of was able to take my own work with me um, and there is one particular publication that I have put out earlier that was also sort of collaborative process because um, like I edited the, the sort of comic so it was called Love Bite, um, and it was like a short anthology of uh, romance comics, um, bite-sized romance comics. So it had my comic in it and three other creators. Um, and this was, um, yeah, so we had that at Glasgow Comic Con and it like sold out, which has never happened before for me. Mm. Um, and then my tutors loved it so much that they took it to San Diego Comic Con, which is like, one of the biggest ones in the yeah, world wow. so this is like my <laughs> yeah i don't know i quite like the sort of like being able to like physically sell things to people like face to face more mm -hmm. so than the sort of online stuff i think that comes more naturally to me um mm -hmm. but then obviously like there's like the other events that i've done as well like we well we met at the um book market mm -hmm. at book market gallery so yeah there's like i don't know I prefer these kinds of avenues, but I don't know. It's probably not the most efficient way. <laughs> yeah, hard hard to sell a million copies face to face, I suppose. But yeah, um, it, it's but uh, it's interesting though, because again, I think what that what that says to me is you've got obviously like like <laughs> as you should, you have a very personal connection to your work, and and actually physically personally selling it to yeah. people and seeing them buy it and and and, and watching them make an active choice yeah. to buy your work must be it's thrilling and it and it's yeah um, i think like i just like i just prefer comics or like books as objects rather than digital text as well or digital mm -hmm. images so i think there's part of that as well yeah. and like i sell, the, the, yeah like i sell them online as well so you can like order online Mm -hmm. but i guess though that's interesting because you're talking about monty and, and, and zuzu mm -hmm. and that being kind of an instagram and, and twitter comic yeah. and i guess actually that particularly that both of those channels are, are really well suited to 
um, to to shock to comic strips mm. um, and and um, just be, be, you know uh, there's, a, there's you know a lot of, of graphic art I suppose like that is is shared that way these days yeah, that yeah must be, absolutely that must be really really great for for a comic artist actually yeah like I think like Instagram is like my favorite um, sort of social medium um, because it's just so visual um, and yeah it, it, it is great in the sense that you can access these like massive vast amounts of people with your work for mm-hmm. free because you don't really pay for it but then on the other hand it's like you're kind of like in this sea of other people doing the same thing so mm-hmm. that's kind of i guess that that makes it a bit more tricky yeah um, so i don't know See, interesting though but i know i really like the fact that you, you you get such a kick out of doing doing it personally and and um and the edinburgh league of comics sounds like a, a, a good sort of collective to to belong to as well which gives yeah, support and, yeah. and 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 i'm sure you learn things from people every time you know when, yeah. you, when you work when you work with those guys it's, it's, it's really good i felt like i think when we first sort of started off it was great because essentially i think like most comics people are maybe not the most sociable and you don't really know like i know loads now but mm-hmm. um it's like especially after you finish university it's like everyone goes in their own way and you don't really get any more like feedback from other people in your work mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas with the sort of Edinburgh League of Comics people, we were able to kind of like, essentially like develop like a network of people that can give each other feedback and advice and like share tips. And it's like, it's a really great group of people. Like some of them are sort of fairly established published creators and there's people mm-hmm. who are just starting out. Um, and it's like a very friendly environment. And um, yeah, I'm sort of, uh, I miss them greatly because I've moved away now so I haven't really seen <laughs> yeah. them much over the past year but mm-hmm. um it's like a really good sort of like support network as well mm-hmm. um and it's good to yeah like I think it's good to bound, be able to talk to other people that will understand what you're doing because I think with um like comic artists there's still like not very many people really know what goes on with it so yeah um whenever like i had a few people ask me like what i did and then you know when you have like this small talk and i'm like oh i'm doing masters in comics um Mm -hmm. i would either get responsive of like economics or (laughs) oh like the beano (laughs) and it's like well i guess you are in dundee kind of but (laughs) not quite (laughs) yeah but um yeah i think it's like in most people's minds it exists as like very specific thing there because it's either like Dibino or like superheroes or yeah um there's not like there's still not much awareness of like other work yeah um, yeah but yeah I've been really lucky because I've been like surrounded by other comics people for mm-hmm. quite a while now so sometimes when I step outside of my circle I kind of like I'm met with this like weird weird responses to, <laughs> to this so yeah I don't know uh, no, but I think what, what's really interesting about that is, um, and I think what you're what you're gaining from is is from is from that network of people that are also trying to create mm. things that are similar to you. And and, and I, yeah. I, I have a you know network. I'm 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 you know a creative writing master student myself, and mm. and networking with the other people on my courses, uh, and and keeping in touch with them and, and reading their work and, and them reading mine is is great because it, I, I you know I think that's that's one of the things I've learnt from being in that network is 
there's space for us all to succeed and do well. It's not a um, a zero sum game with other creative people. And yeah. actually, you know, we don't we're not we're not in in deadly competition with each other. What we are is we're all we're all trying to to, to find ways to get better at what we do and and to yeah. um, and and to and to take on take on advice and, and guidance. And I think that's that sounds like like what you get from the Edinburgh League of Comics yeah, too. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's really important as well that like the, the, there's like a couple of points I can make here because one thing is that like everyone does stuff that is so different and so you're not really competing with each other. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is is that if like this has happened to me because I've been like working as like a freelance illustrator for quite a while as well, and uh, it's sometimes like I have loads of other illustrator friends. Sometimes mm-hmm. you will be offered a job that you can't take because of the time constraints but you know someone else you can sort of suggest for it mm-hmm. um but it works the other way as well like because sometimes like like my friend will not be able to do the work that they've they've been sort of asked to do but they can say like oh well or like if, even if it's like oh this is not really the kind of thing i do but i know this person that can do it really yeah. well so mm-hmm. it's like it's not really a competition like mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it sounds like the Edinburgh League of Comics helps you avoid bad manga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love doing bad manga myself. So. <laughs> I'm always happy to do that. Yeah, um, excellent. Well, see, so you've you've been you've been really generous with your with your time with us today. But yeah, as, as as a final thing, what advice would you give to an aspiring writer or, or, or comicsator? Um, just keep doing what you're doing. The best way to learn how to draw comics is to do them i guess um and yeah just sort of i don't know don't give up because it's a it's a tough life as a comic artist so (laughs) (laughs) yeah All, all those things apply to all, all types of writer. I think yeah i think think so yeah (laughs) it's funny because you said you know the only the only kind of basically said the only way to, to draw is to draw yeah, and, um, yeah. and and it's similar with writing the only yeah, way to write think, is, to, is to write yeah actually i think it's like really important to not give up because yeah. um my mum is a writer actually and she's only started sort of her career like she's been writing for a long time um and she's only sort of properly started her career in like her early 40s and mm-hmm. her first book got published so I don't think it's like it's never too late as well. It's I think an important point. So never give up. Great. Well, that's a fantastic positive way to uh, to to draw our, our interview to a close. Zoo. thank you very much. No, thank you. Um, Thanks for having yeah. me. No, well, it's been it's been wonderful to to get your view on 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 you know your creative process and collaboration and and how you how you network and things. It's been been really great. And and you're obviously. As a comic sator, your your experience is is slight is slightly different to, to yeah. mine, and and, what, and and your and your approach is slightly different. But there's been some fantastic, valuable insights, and I think you know ju- just what what you just said there. You know, don't don't give up, and it's never too late. Applies to to all of us, whatever our whatever our craft. I think. So so thanks very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It was really thank good you. fun. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it too. So how about that? Words and images. I think we can learn a lot from the planning and preparation side of producing a comic. I mean, Zoo spoke, spoke in detail about, about how much planning she does. Um, and actually, it made me realise, talking about her thumbnails, and, and that, that the ability to jump straight onto a laptop and write is something I ought to be grateful for, as I don't have to do the drawing too. Um, I hope listening to Zoo has got you in the mood to be creative yourself. If so, great. If not, and you need a prompt to get writing. 
why not be inspired by Zoo and, and our talk of comics and create a short comic strip yourself? If you can't draw, well, even stickmen can tell a story, so give them one to tell. Give it a try, just to get yourself creating something. It might get you in the flow and help you break through the I'm not writing stage and into the I am writing stage. And you've got nothing to lose, really. And as we've said, the only way to start is to start. That's just about all we have time for today. So come and visit our website, writing-perspectives.com. You'll see that I'll post full show notes for this episode so you can find out more about Zoo and I'll post some links to some of her work, which I know you'll enjoy if you, uh, if you look at it. So please leave your comments there and let me know what you think and also share what you know and what your experiences are. And feel free to leave reviews on iTunes too. That's the kind of thing that makes a podcaster really happy. So thank you very much for listening to Writing Perspectives. I'm Steve Borley, and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.